0: This is the explanation for the congregation at prayer for the week of Rogate, which is the week of May 17th through May 24th, the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, The verse of the week is again from John chapter 6. John chapter 6, a very Eucharistic chapter. uh, The feeding of the 5,000 and the dialogue with the Jews about food and specifically about bread and what bread means, the importance of bread in the wilderness of sin for the forefathers of Israel, and the importance of bread in the person of Christ. So the verse is John six thirty-five: I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. First of all, you have the same thing that we had uh, this previous week, I am the bread of life. Jesus says this quite a bit in John chapter 6. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Man does not live by bread alone. You remember this from the book of Deuteronomy, and Jesus quotes this when he uh, is being tempted by Satan to turn stones into bread. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And uh, the important thing to remember about that is it doesn't just mean that you live only by rationally or intellectually putting your trust or belief in written words. There is more to truth, if you recall from the sermon from last week, there is more to truth than simply looking at the words on a page and saying, I guess this is what truth is. Truth is much deeper and greater than that in its fullness and in its reality. So when when you think about not living by bread alone, but by the Word, think also of John chapter 1. Uh, because what do you get there? Well, you get the Word becoming flesh. So all of a sudden, living by the Word of the Father takes on an entirely different meaning, a deeper meaning. It doesn't mean that you don't believe the written words, and you don't hear them, and that you don't trust them. Uh, but also that you understand that it isn't just the written-down words alone, that there is a substance to it in the person of Christ. Uh, And where is it that you encounter the person of Christ, if not in the sacraments? And really, in the flesh and blood, uh, if you really want to see Jesus and encounter him in the flesh and blood, it is in the flesh and blood that sits upon the altar, uh, meaning it is in the Eucharist. So, man lives not by bread alone, but by the bread that is the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, so, if you come to Jesus, you shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, this doesn't mean that if you, go to, if you believe in Jesus, that you'll never have a period of time where your body does not need to eat. Certainly not. In, in fact, uh, certainly even your, your soul will hunger and, and thirst. Uh, which is, in part, why you have the spiritual meal of the Eucharist at all, uh, to strengthen and to nourish you in both body and in soul as the uh, departing blessing from communion goes, in body and in soul. Uh, but, really, what hunger and thirst here means is a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. You will never hunger and you will never thirst for righteousness if you stick with Jesus, because he will fill you. Now, to a degree, you know that you also pray, give us this day our daily bread, and that part of what it means to pray for daily bread is for everything that will support and sustain the needs of the body, and also of the soul. Uh, So, to a degree, uh, you understand that the Lord will provide for your physical body, but when Jesus here mentions hunger and thirst, and the lack thereof in his person, It's really uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, uh, for they will be full. If you think about the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, which I believe will be the verse of the week for next week, so uh, I don't want to spoil that for you. We'll get to that next week. Uh, Okay, John 6.35, we'll speak this together again. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And the Catechism excerpt, we're continuing on with the sacrament of the altar. What is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, show us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation." Okay, these words, you, you have to understand what the reference is. And uh, here, uh, Luther gives you the referent. These words, which words? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Ah, oh, which words are those? Well, recall from what we've been uh, speaking in the Catechism this entire past week. Uh, they are the verba, the words of the verba, the words of institution. Verba, remember verba is shorthand for words of institution. It's Latin for words Okay. so you speak the verba, and these are the words of the verba. So these words, the verba, but specifically given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, what do they do? They show us that in the sacrament, that is in the Eucharist, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are there. Ah, so this is what it does. So why do we go and eat? Well, uh, Because, first of all, Jesus says, whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, Jesus says, take, eat. Jesus makes a pretty big deal about giving you his body and his blood, and that should mean that if you follow Jesus, you also should make a big deal about receiving the body and the blood, because you take on uh, the the understanding that what Jesus says is important is important. What Jesus wants you to eat and drink, you eat and drink, and do it with a smile, and uh, understand your need for it. Uh, so, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given to you. This is why you take it, because uh, you need all of these things. Where there's forgiveness of sins, there's also life and salvation, right? Uh, where there is sin, there cannot be life. Where there is sin, there is nothing but death. Uh, if you look at the Old Testament Israel, uh, the death uh, of of the animals. The, the sacrifice, the blood, it's bloody, it's gruesome. Uh, if you pay attention to the congregation at prayer, we've been going through the book of Leviticus, which uh is in, in many cases sort of a strange book, also a book I think most people skip. No, nobody really wants to read Leviticus. It's repetitive and boring and strange and you don't understand it, you don't want to hear about people being put to death or animals being put to death. Uh, but there's a purpose for this and it's it's very important. All of the Levitical law, the, the priest, priestly law, everything is about death. Why? Because sin doesn't bring anything but death. Where there is sin, there has to be death. Uh, Because sin is turning away from God, and if you are away from God, if you are cut off from God, you cannot live because he is the source of life. So therefore, uh, if sin brings death, then conversely, forgiveness of sins must bring life. Uh, So there's also uh, life and salvation where there's the forgiveness of sins. Life comes in the forgiveness of sins and salvation comes in the union and full communion with God, uh, which is uh, given here in the sacrament. So there's a lot of things. You you can break up forgiveness of sins, life and salvation into all their little subcategories. But it's most important to understand that in the sacrament, these are the three main things that are are given. These are the benefits that you receive. Forgiveness of sins, which means life in forgiveness, and salvation, which is union and full communion with God. Uh, An an intimacy in a relationship to fully know God uh, and all of this. Something that's transformative, joining you to Him. A full union uh, that you cannot have uh, apart from God the sacraments.